Hello, and welcome to another episode of Paving the Way podcast. I'm Seth Amoa, aka Essay. I'm here with Kenny Jean Louis, aka KJL. And today we have a special guest. Um, growing up, you know, I used to play, I played against him while he was coaching at Brookwood. And also, I was part of one year of the AU team, Brookwood Elite. And it has been a, he's been an awesome, I guess, person to follow when it comes to Quebec basketball. And I'm going to talk a lot about how he got into it and how he's, the things he's doing now. So, Without further uh, any more, give me any more introduction, Mr. Joey McKitterick. Merci, merci, merci d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Uh, on t'envoie un message parce qu'on pense que tu es une personne qui a vraiment paved the way pour le basketball au Québec, on peut même dire au Canada. Puis tu as directement accepté, so merci encore d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Uh, no problem. I mean, I think both you guys played for me during the summer and <laughs> I started following you guys and it was nice to see, like, it's nice to see some, you know, former players finding their niche and staying close to the game that they love. Yeah, thank you. So the first question that we ask everyone, when the passion for basketball started for you? Uh, I was six years old and my mom brought me to Brookwood. Um, I met Mrs. Hanley. I don't know if you guys know who Mrs. Hanley was, but she was the president of Brookwood um, and president of the NBL and started playing basketball when I was six at Brookwood. Uh, played house league for novice and then started playing in the NBL, mini, Bantam, midget, juvenile. Um, just fell in love with the game. Uh, you know, met great people. Um, yeah, that's that's how it played out. Wasn't by far the best player. I'm not going to pretend I was. Um, you know, when it came time for CJAP, I was like, well, look, I could sit on the bench or I could get a part-time job. And then one of my former coaches were like, well, if you're not going to play, you want to coach? And I was like, all right. Like, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I was uh, 17 years old, 18 years old, sitting on a midget AAA bench as an assistant. No idea what I was doing. Okay. Um, and, you know, I figured it out from there, I guess. I mean, somewhat. Still doing it. So, so yeah. Um, were you, I guess, were you nervous going to coaching at 17? Do you think they would, like, listen to you or not? Like, yeah, like, I was nervous. I didn't, you know what? Actually, I would say I was so naive that I should have been nervous, but I wasn't. I overestimated my abilities as a 17-year-old <laughs> coach, you know? And uh, I, I was, like, baptismal by fire. Like, uh, I remember the first game we were playing Paget at Brookwood. And it was like, we had a really good midget team at the time. And um, the coach I was coaching with was a great person, but, you know, basketball-wise wasn't great. And it's like 20 seconds left. We're up four. We call a timeout because Paget just scores. And we're in a timeout. He's like, he looks at me and goes, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what to do? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. So, yeah, you know, so you learn a lot. Like, you learn a lot from your failures. You have to realize you failed mm -hmm. in order to, I think, you know, learn from that to, to, to succeed. So who was your mentor? And when you started coaching, were you taking stuff from, I guess, NCAA, NBA? Like, who were you taking, like, your stuff from? Yeah, like, for me, when I, like I said, I was naive and I was young, I figured, you know what, I got to learn from the NCAA and I got to learn from the NBA. But you know what? You just see what you see on TV yeah. there. You know, even if you watch DVDs. So I started saying, you know what? I got to learn from the people around me. Mm -hmm. So my form, one of my former coaches, uh, he was coaching juvenile at the time, even though I was in midget. And I would just hang around with them because they were two older guys that I really looked up to, uh, Chris and Dave. And I started hanging around with them because um, I just thought I liked the way that they ran things. And I learned things from them. And then, you know, um, they're older than me. So their career started taking off professionally, not basketball wise, but 
And uh, so I started coaching with Dave. And um, at the time, you know, there was some other AAU programs. No one was doing it pro- like well. And uh, Dave and I were talking. I don't know if you guys remember. We had this guy, Greg Page and Colin Page. They were good basketball players at the time. They were older than you guys. And we're like, you know, what are we going to do with them? Like, we got to do something in the summer. So we're like, well, let's start a summer team. Mm-hmm. So, and this was like 10.30 on a Thursday night, you know, at the residence, which is like a bar that all the coaches mm-hmm. used to go to. Like, all right, so like, let's make a schedule. So our goal was to get into, at the time, the best tournament was the Orlando Super Showcase, which was, you know, the best teams from all around. Shoe companies were involved, but they didn't control the events like they used to. And that's what we wanted to get in. And to get in, the guy that needed to give you the okay was Boo Williams, who runs one of the most historic AAU programs around, and we would call. He'd be like, I don't know who you guys are. I don't really care. He's like, call me back at 11 o'clock at night. What do you mean? You want me to call you back at 11? <laughs> call him at 11. He's like, oh. He's like, I don't know. Call me back in a week. Call him back. You better believe. Like, I had my timer on with this guy, Dave, and I learned a lot from him. Like, you know, he was like a vice president of a software company. So I learned a lot from him from a lot of things. He's like, Joey, it's like, I told you call him back at 11 at night. Call him back at 11 at night. So finally, I think he got so fed up of us, he let us in. So and we had no money. I mean, Kenny and Seth, you played for Brooklyn yeah, League. Yeah. Flying places. I'd stick you guys in minivans. Like, I had nothing for you guys, right? Like, if I was able to give you guys a T-shirt, it was great, you know? And uh, so we drive down to Orlando. And um, the first hiccup was I was, at that time, I was 19 years old. Now, to rent a car, you can't be 19 years old. Yeah. So... Dave's like asks his father-in-law to come meet me at the rental place because he has to swipe his credit card, put me as second driver so I could drive to Orlando. So we get to Orlando and I guess the guy Boo Williams was mad at us for bothering him. So the first game we play, we play Al Jefferson's team. And the team was all 12 guys went division one. They had Al Jefferson at the starting center. They had a kid, Charles Thompson, who should have been a pro, but got into some trouble. And their starting shooting guard was Monte Ellis. And um, they smacked us by 40. And, like, I mean, they smacked us by 40. I don't even think they broke a sweat. Monte Ellis took off from outside the key, tried to put it down on somebody. Like, what year was that? What, what year was that? Like, 2002? Oh, it was three? early. Like, uh, it was, like, uh, you know, 16, 17 years ago. I mean, Al Jefferson was a senior to be in high school, right? So we, got, we just got ruined in Orlando. We're like, we're never going to get back into this tournament. What are we going to do? So Dave and I talked all year, and, at that time, the two best juvie teams were Brookwood and Paget. And I'm like, you know, Dave, if we're going to really make this work, we got to get some kids from other programs. So I started to get to know um, this guy, Steve Alexandre from Paget, Robert, that yeah. Ernst men- men- uh, mentioned. I said, look, Robert, you know, I think we could do something good for kids in Montreal. He's like, you know what, Joey, go for it. So these kids yeah. take the bus to Brookwood, yeah. and, you know, Montreal North, all that stuff. <laughs> I promised them nothing. All I said is, you know what, after practice, it's too late. I will drive you to Cremazie. Um, that's the best I could do. I was still going to school. I had to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go to school. But, yeah. you know, practice would end at 10. I pile them in my car, drive to Cremazie, drop them off. And, you know, that was the only deal we could make. And um, that year we were much better. That year we had, like, Steve Alexandre. We had, like, we had, you know, uh, Evan Gagnon, Evans LaRush, Dimitri. We could play. And uh, Lucan, Lucan Zier, I don't know if you remember him, he played for Dawson, like mm-hmm. solid. And uh, we won a bunch of games. And uh, lo and behold, we played Boo Williams' team 
uh, in April. Now we hadn't gotten our invitation yet to go to the yeah. Super Showcase in Orlando. So we're playing them and we're in front of, like it was the biggest game at that point that Broker Elite had ever played. And uh, we lost by four. And then Boo Williams comes up to us and he goes, hey, did you guys get, he doesn't even remember who we are. He goes, did you guys get your invite to the Super Showcase? We're like, no, no. He's like, you guys are in, call me. Call me on 11 o'clock Monday night. <laughs> All right, call me on 11 o'clock Monday night. Got the invite. So I did that with this guy, Dave, for a little bit. And uh, his career kept growing. And he's like, Joy, I just can't do it anymore. I got two young kids. Um, you know, I was 21 yeah. years old. At that point, I took it on um, Roel. Uh, you yeah. guys remember Roel? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Roel just, like, fell in love with it like me. And I'm like, look, Roel, like, you know, we're both 21. How do we want to do this? And someone else had approached me to go and like, you know, maybe help them out and build a summer program. So book really stopped for a year. I went to the other program and it just didn't feel right. You know, like sometimes yeah, things yeah. don't feel right. Yeah. And uh, so that was like the first part of Brookwood Elite. And the second part is I got to meet the carry, uh, the mm -hmm. carry Jarvis yeah. mm -hmm. and Michael Moody through him. And we started grinding, uh, started figuring out a lot of stuff how AAU works, because it's very much of a business. It's only not about basketball, unfortunately. Uh, we did that for like four or five years together. I mean, I put those guys through hell. I mean, put you guys through hell, drove up and down Orlando, you know, lose, shower, get in the car, we gotta go. <laughs> no, we, we had no budget. Like, you know, I charged you guys yeah. $400, but we were on the road for like 15, <laughs> yeah. 18 days, staying in hotels. Like, you know, I'm looking at my credit card bill. I'm like, how am I gonna pay this? I'm a student. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, carry would go straight to work. Like, you know, we would drive overnight. We would drop the carry off at work and he would go to work. Uh, Roel too, like it was, you know, everybody was just trying to make something good for, for the kids at the time. Yeah. And, you know, we had a, some good teams, you know, we had uh, Kenny, Fred one year, mm -hmm. I think we lost like two games all summer. Um, what became our big event was we would go to Indiana and they would never let us into those super pools against the other Adidas team. So you would yeah. have to win your bracket to play a super pool team. And uh, so as the things went on, um, you know, at that point I sat down with Nelson. I was like, you know, Nelson, like, you know, same thing like I did with Robert. I wanted yeah, to grow mm -hmm. the program. I said, look, some kids I want. He's like, all right. He's like, I don't know you. And I didn't know him. I'm like, I'm not going to like him. He's not going to like me. <laughs> but you know, like you want to make yeah. things work. So we met at Marvin's. We figured it out. His kids played for me. Little did I know it was a tryout. Cause then after he asked him all, he's like, so what do you think of Joey? And he's like, yeah, he's good. So <laughs> he saw what I was doing for the kids. And he's like, Joey, it's crazy that, you know, my kids got to go to the West Island to practice. Then you drive them back at night. And then you drive back to the West Island. He's like, come to Park X. So we started doing our Park X. And he's like, you know what? I got a good young batch. So we went from one team to two at that point. Okay. And, uh, and then I got to meet Mike George who was an NBA agent at the time. Yeah. But at that point, he was trying to secure Nike um, to sponsor, like be the first EYBL team from Canada. And, um, you know, we went in together and said, like, I'll help you out with Nike stuff. So that was the year we were a Brookwood bounce. Mm -hmm. And we went with a lot of younger teams. At this point, me and Nelson were in it 50-50. And again, we, we, we kicked some ass. Pardon, I don't know yeah. if I can say that. Yeah, that no, was good uh, for us, uh, you know, we kicked some ass. We had Tavon, we had Max. I mean, a bunch of kids, yeah. Alex. And these guys were just like business. Like they wanted, they knew what they wanted. They wanted that scholarship. Uh, we did really well. And uh, we're like, okay, you know, we're going we're gonna to get an Adidas deal. We didn't get an Adidas deal. At that point, Kenny had gone to Baylor. And uh, one night I'm on Twitter and I saw, that's it. Adidas is having their own league. Canada Elite's having, like um, Under Armour's having their own league. And Nike's having their own league. 
So I'm like, shit, like, there's no room for free agent programs anymore like ours. Yeah. No matter how mm-hmm. good we are because college coaches are only allowed three or four coaches out on the road. If yeah. all three of those things are going, the college yeah. coaches are going to those events. Yeah. So I'm like, so I text Nelson. I'm like, Nelson, what are we going to do? We go, this is what we're going to do. We come up with a plan. Um, I reach out to Adidas and he's like, shit, you know, like I want a Canadian team. Let's make it happen. This is March break. Their first events in April. So we got to buy plane tickets to Dallas. We got to upgrade our talent. And uh, so we put together a roster. We felt pretty good about it. You know, we had Rich, Joseph Chartuni, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Aquino. Uh, Schneider was supposed to play for us the first event, but he couldn't make it. So we played Dream Vision with uh, Derek Jeter, Tyler Dorsey, mm-hmm. and we beat them our first game. We're like, yeah, like, you know, we made it. We're yeah. going to do this. <laughs> and, you know, like everybody's celebrating. We lost the next four. We lost the next four <laughs> games. Uh, we played Jared Allen. He's fucking, he's dunking on us. You know, uh, we got, we all hammered. So we're flying back. I'm like, that's it. This is done. Like, they're never going to give a shoe deal to a team from Montreal, all that stuff. So Schneider's able to come to the next event. Uh, we pick up this kid, Marc-Andre Forte, who played basketball for a year from Saint-Foy, but like 6'9", mobile, just understood the game. You know, he played hockey before. And, um, you know, we got pretty good. We won. We went to uh, Indiana. We got stuck, delayed. I had to drive from Chicago straight to the game. Kids were already in Indiana. They took a limo. Some guy that heard our story at the airport paid for a limo uh, to bring the kids to the game. We won 12 games straight. We won, we won all our games in uh, Indiana. Went to Orlando. We won five games in Orlando. We went to Indiana again in July. We won all six games, including the championship. Went to Vegas. Smacked on Makers team. Uh, the guy that got the best of us that summer was Brandon Ingram. It was just too much of a matchup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, we knew the Baylor coach pretty well. And he goes up to the guy from Adidas and he goes, like, what do you think about these Brooklyn Elite guys? And he's like, shit. He goes, these guys can play. And he's like, they're good. And he's like, well, are they back next year? He goes, yeah, they're back. So from there, we're just yeah. like, all right. You know, like we went with a full, you know, 12U to 17U. And our relationship wow. with Adidas has grown. And that's like the last phase of the Brooklyn League where we're at now, you know. And now uh-huh. we got guys that are like, you know, in, in the NBA, high yeah. major. Uh, if you would ask me when I was driving up and down the Orlando, <laughs> up and down that Eastern Seaboard, first of all, I never thought I'd keep doing it. Never thought it would be that big. But it's, you know, I've been, we've been really, really lucky. And it's like, you know, it's the Kenny Jean-Louis and the Seths and the, the Kenny Freds all those guys that believed in Brooklyn Elite when all I could tell, like Kenny, I, I spoke to you about playing, that I, I said, I can't promise you a single thing. All I can promise you is you will play in front of college coaches. And if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I never said you're, you're going to get a scholarship, right? Like yeah. I couldn't promise you these things, like, you know, and mm-hmm. it just worked out. And I love doing it. I've met great people. Like Nelson's one of my best friends now. Um, it's just, wow. It's been a crazy ride, but people see now, Brooklyn, you know, we're yeah. playing the games, we got the game, but they have no, no idea. idea. Well, most people were like partying in their 20s. I was like sleeping in bad <laughs> hotels, worrying about how we're going to get home, uh, you know, coaching a lot of games. How did you? How did you manage with your schooling? Like, how were you doing it with your schooling? I, you know, I just, I managed. Like, I, I was always one of those people that can just, you know, put things together. Um, mm-hmm. So I've always was able to kind of do that. But how, and, you, and most, how, 
I, I want to know how did you stay focused throughout the hard times in the beginning? You just you knew okay, you know what? If I keep doing this, it's gonna happen. Or were you just like whatever? I, I love I loved what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love competing. I mean, you guys have seen me. I'm pretty competitive. I'm pretty mm-hmm. relaxed off. But like when I'm on the mm-hmm. court. Yeah. you know like i'm gonna hold you guys accountable and you yeah. know what like if you look at the kids that have stayed with our program and stuck through it whether they made it in basketball or not they're all able to endure it because nelson and i yeah. we're like sandpaper like we're not for everybody yeah if you stick with us we're gonna ride with you right to the end and you know like, yeah. we're gonna do whatever we can for our kids if, if you stick with us and you know for me the ultimate celebration was and, and carrie and Rowell is when we would drive to orlando for us, that was the last event of the summer, and we knew we made it. Like we, we accomplished okay. our summer. We'd have like a pizza poolside, and then next summer it would start all over again. You know, we rebuild our team, put together a budget, make the kids bag groceries, whatever we could do. But mm-hmm. when you're in it, you don't realize. Then you look back and you're like, okay. Yeah. But when well, you're in it, you're just so in it and you're so focused that you don't. Like, if you would have said, hey, Joey, like, do you think you'd be doing this into your 30s? I'd be like, no way. No way. Uh, but, you know, met the right people, built great relationships. All these and, kids are successful. And was it always easy for you to recruit guys from, uh, from Page, Parquex, or from everywhere? You guys, you always had the best player and I guess in Quebec. So was it always harder? Sometimes you had to, I guess, talk to the coach or there's one guy you couldn't have because of, There was a couple kids that, you know, maybe Brooklyn Elite wasn't for. Uh, but I've been fortunate enough that I've always been okay to get the best players or mostly the best players. And I think it's really because, you know, I, I, and I hopefully, I mean, I don't know, I can't remind, but like if a person asks you, Kenny Jean-Louis, like I'm thinking of going to Brooklyn Elite, what do you think? I don't think you're going to speak negatively about your experience nah, yeah, or, yeah. or about the people involved. You're going to say, you know what, it was really good summer. They're a lot bigger than I used to be. So I never did wrong by any kid. And, you know, I guess I, I made mistakes, you know, and, but I don't think I made that same mistake twice because it's not an exact science, but I never did wrong by any kid along the way, no matter what. So, you know, no, I, I think that's what's helped. Mm-hmm. Okay. And going to like uh, going back to your, I guess, when you were coaching when you were younger, because um, I, I know there's a lot of young coaches out there that I guess are afraid to take the next step. You know, and I know you gambling to, with school and the summer team and obviously it's made you who you like what you're doing now. Do you have any message for any younger coaches out there that I guess are scared to take that leap just because they, they don't know what's in store for them? Yeah, like I, I think for most young coaches is you have to know where you are in space and time. You can't skip steps. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and, and, you you know, you always can learn something from anybody. You know, you might not think that person's a good coach, but they might be really good at one thing. Uh, and you know, when you talk to them, you can learn that from them. Uh, and then you have to be self, like, you've got to look at yourself. Like I knew I was not a good coach when I was young. I probably wasn't even a very good coach when I coached you guys. Um, but I always went back and said like, you know, what can I do to win? Uh, what can I do to help my players? What can I do? Like, you know, like even like after talking to a college coach, you know, did I push too hard for the kid? Did I not push hard enough? constantly a state like you know i'm very self-critical so don't be as self-critical as me because sometimes i think i'm a little too hard on myself but you can always learn from anybody anybody that loves the game you can learn something from them okay and what are you looking for like when you um you want an assistant coach or you gotta have a big program or for drew um uh, benjamin cadet what are you looking for when you're looking for a coach and assistant coach 
Yeah. I mean, you know, like for me, like it's not, I'm not for everybody. So you got to be able to handle what I call Joeyisms. Um, because like I said, I, you know, I, I'm a pedal to the metal person. If I need something, you're going to know it. I'm going to hit you up and I'm going to stay on you. Um, so what I'm looking for is someone that could take that. Um, but you know, once you ride with me, you're with me. And it's the same thing with Nelson. That's why we get along. Like if you do right by us, we're going to do right by you the entire way. And if you look at the consistency in both that we have at Brookwood and at Brookwood Elite, it's the same coaches. I've had the same guys with me. Half, most all the Brooklyn coaches coach in the summer. The guys from the summer, it's the same crew. Um, no matter what, now I'm having like a Noah Dao, that was a former player of mine. He's coaching with me. I met Tiffa along the way. She's been with me for the last six years. Um, I'm looking for someone that, you know, just wants to learn. Um, not only from me, but other people. Like, you know, I think I got great basketball minds in my program. Uh, Sheldon was my mentor coach. So when I took over the Juvie team at Brookwood, uh, you know, I mean, I was like three or four years younger than the guys I was coaching. Mm-hmm. And then Sheldon came and he would calm me down and call me after the games. So Sheldon is a great person to learn how to build, you know, good camaraderie and teammates. And, you know, I, I, I strive to be the person that Sheldon is. So mm-hmm. I think he's great to be with 13 year olds because he's not only going to teach them basketball, but he's going to teach them like, you know what, this is how you become a man. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll make sure the kids love the game. So, you know, it's people like that, that I really want to make sure that, you know, when, if I'm going to trust them to travel with the kids, I would trust my own son with them. Okay. Have you ever thought of maybe coaching university or Yeah, that's CGM? something that, yeah, a lot of people thought <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I, I've been asked, I've been asked, like, you know, you know, to interview Division Ones. I've been asked to, like, you know, basically, Joey, the job's yours, Canadian University, CJEP. You know, I do it because I love it, not because I make money. Uh, I have my own career, you know, I'm a vice principal at a private school. I love doing that. Uh, and that's enough. Like, I, I don't ever want to put basketball, like, I never want to make a player that I have put food on my table, because then I am going to choose the food that I feed my family over the well-being of a player. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, if it comes down to, I got to do wrong by a player, so I got to kick him out of programs, I need to bring a recruit in man, I can't do that. You know, like basketball doesn't mean enough. Like basketball means too much to me, but it doesn't provide. So I'm able to not blur those lines so I could sleep at night. As opposed to, you know, if you're getting paid to coach, Mm-hmm. you might have to make some tough decisions that's true on some kids yeah yeah so did you always have that coaching style from the beginning when you started coaching or was it something developed along the way it was always that way like I never yeah. had like you know first of all I never knew how long I was going to coach but I never wanted to like take that next step I just loved what the level I was at mm-hmm. I figured you know like juvenile is a great level because kids are going to go to CJEP and then AAU is a great level because, you know, I can continue coaching those kids during the summer, mm-hmm. keep the relationships. Um, and, you know, like, I mean, the level that we play at crazy level during the summer. I mean, it's better than CJ because you're playing against future pros. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, what's the artist uh, part of co- coaching uh, the Juvie? Like, is it our artist part of coaching like a Juvie uh, age? Um, the hardest part about coaching Juvie age is you have to find a way to keep kids engaged, um, especially after they've decided what CGIP they want to go to and they've committed. Because for the most part, you know, they're like, okay, you know, like 
what does this mean to me? And I think my style when I was coaching juvie is that, you know, you would get weeded out really fast if you're one of those kids. If you're one of those kids that, you know, didn't want more, then you just couldn't handle it the way that, you know, I would push you because, you know, I, I, I'm going to do a lot for, for you, but I'm going to demand a lot for you back. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can't meet that, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. going to close that blind. Okay. <laughs> I was I was uh, coaching Kim Birch with Brookwood and also with Brookwood Elite. Yeah, uh, Brookwood, it was funny. Like, Kim had quit basketball when he came to Brookwood. You and uh, this mom shows up one day and she's like, I got a tall son. He's moving back from Ottawa. I'd really like you to meet him. So I meet him. And uh, I'm like, listen, I don't know. Like, you're, you're really athletic. I don't know if you love the game. He goes, well, he had a bad experience. I guess he was like 15. Uh, so he played for me during the winter and – you know, fell back in love with the game. Uh, and he played for me during that summer. Um, and then, you know, like he just exploded from there. I mean, he didn't end up finishing with Brooklyn Elite his last summer. He, he played with another team from where he went to school. Uh, but I still talk to him to this day. I mean, I two like two springs ago, I went to go watch him play in LA and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, you could see it. Like, I mean, you know, you don't get very yeah. athletically gifted yeah. kids like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how do you pick throughout the players that come to your tryouts? And because there's a bunch that come and want to play for Brooklyn Elite. Um, how do you what, do you, what do you look for in a player while recruiting them or trying to get them on, to be on the team? I want to be on. I mean, it, it's, it's really it's attitude first. Like, you know, you can't come in, like, you can't come in late. You come in late, there's no point. We don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. And the next thing is we want kids that want to be coachable. We want kids that want to be there. We're not going to go and over-recruit and, you know, compete against other programs and promise you things. Because if we can't deliver, that relationship's done. So yeah. we want kids that just buy into the program. And, our, you know, our most successful kids are the ones that have just bought in right through. Like, you know, we've had, like, not this past summer because it was canceled. The summer before, I love coaching that group. We had almost all those kids from U12 all the way through. Wow. Right, and we had uh, Ben Maturain that's committed to Arizona, and Omax to Clemson, and I enjoy coaching that group. The summer before, we had a lot of imports, super talented players. I mean, two kids that are still in the draft, right? Maker and Kareem and Jefferson Kubale. I had Keyshawn that was younger. You know, on paper, that team was much more talented, but it wasn't the same culture. Great kids, but not the same culture because they came from everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, we won a lot of games, you know, probably two or three pros on that team, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't the same. Like I wasn't as invested in them either, just because it's different when you watch a kid grow up from when they're 12 mm-hmm. and now you got them at 17, then a kid who just shows up to your door at 17, 18 saying, Hey, I need the summer from, from you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you would rather have guys from Quebec. What about if someone from Toronto or Vancouver will ask, message you, oh, can I be on your team? Like, would you say yes if, I guess, he's a, he's a great player? I don't know. Like, you know, we've really, like, we had Noah Kirkwood, who was from Ottawa, uh, who's at Harvard now, who was freshman of the year and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he started with us when he was U14 and played with us every summer. Um, you know, we had Maker. We had uh, the last Maker that's in the draft right now. He mm-hmm. came from Toronto, but we had known him for a couple years. Uh, we had Joel Brown, who was from Toronto that year as well, who's at Cal now. Um, but, you know, this program's for Montreal kids, and we're trying to keep it for Montreal kids. And that's, you know, after that summer, Nelson and I were like, you know what? We got a kid from Ottawa, maybe. 
especially got a lot of Gatineau kids that, you know, mm-hmm. technically in Quebec. But this is going to be a Montreal program if we're going to continue doing it because we have enough talent here, enough people that want to be part of it that we want to keep it a Montreal program. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know right now that you're uh, kind of you're kind of t- taking over MBL, yeah, as the head. So when did that? How did that come to be? And because coming from like you said, you started coaching at nineteen to now, you're in charge of the league now. So how did that come to be? Um, so Mrs. Hanley, uh, Barbara Hanley, was the president of the NBL. Uh, mm-hmm. I was coaching in it, and then I was like the intercity director for Brookwood, mm-hmm. and um, she fell ill really fast um, and couldn't do her duties. And she decided in August. So Mr. Hanley, her husband, was the treasurer. And they've been running the league. And Joel's a vice president. And they've been running the league for, at that point, I think they've been president and treasurer and uh, for maybe about 12 to 15 years. And they said, look, Joey, can you run it? We didn't know at that point she was not going to mm-hmm. unfortunately. But she said, can you run it for a year? And uh, I ran it for a year. And uh, I modernized it a little bit. You know, we went online put statistics up, all those things. And um, unfortunately she passed and um, I've just been running it since. I think it's been, uh, I've been running the league for over 10 years now. When I took it over, we were 38 teams. Last year we were 89 teams. So we we grew by 50 50 teams in the time that I was running it. what, what, What has been the challenge and part of it? Uh, I, I think it's just things change, right? When I was running it, players would stay in Quebec. They yeah. they go to CJEP. Uh, so now players leave. They're leaving younger and younger. Um, you know, when we were 37 teams, it was super concentrated, right? Like you had, you know, sometimes you had like 10 Division One. Like I'm thinking your Park X team, Kenny. You had you. You had Big Joe. You had Kenny. You had Kenny. Like you had Kelvin. I mean, you know, on my team, I had Corey Simmons, Ken Birch. Like, I mean, you think about those yeah. teams, you know, everyone was a division one talent. I mean, when we played each other, that was as good of a yeah. game as we were going to find in Quebec. And, uh, and now it's different, right? Like you got players that are kind of all over the place because we went from like eight juvie teams to 14. So, but it was trying to find a way to maintain the level and, and getting creative in terms of, you know, the scheduling because, you know, nobody, nobody could play 22 games in a season the way things are structured. So yeah. it, it was finding a happy medium with that, uh, you know, accepting in the growth of the league with the balancing of keeping up the quality of what the NBL is. Okay. Okay. What would you say to um, a high school coach saying, oh, don't play Seville, don't play Seville because uh, it's going to ruin your uh, schooling. Like, what would you say? What are the advantage of playing Seville and high school at the same time. Are you, are you saying, oh, if you play with me, you cannot play for your high school team? Like, how do you like, No, I mean, uh, Brookwood doesn't do that. I mean, unless you're struggling with your academics. Well, first thing, if you're a player, I would say, look at the NBL's alumni list. That's the first thing I would say. <laughs> you know, uh, that's one thing I would say, because, you know, you look at the, the NBL's alumni list, it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. The thing is, there's still coach who think like that. That's, that's, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, for me, if you're a competitor, you want to play against the best. Yeah. Um, and, and, and right now, we're fortunate enough that the NBL is still by far the best yeah. league in this province, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, and, you know, I think one thing is really undervalued is the coaching in the NBL. You know, like, you, I think that's one of the knocks. But if you look at, you know, most of the CJEB coaches that are in CJEB right now, most of them started in the NBL. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a different league. And, 
you know, if you live it, you understand it. You understand what those playoffs are like. There's nothing like it. Like, there's just nothing like it. There's, there's yeah, nothing yeah. like, and there's nothing like the NBL period in this country in terms of where, like, you get community basketball and you get kids. Because, I mean, it's the, like, if you play for your high school team, you didn't play for them in many. If you play yeah. for your Seville team, you started with them yeah. when you were nine or ten years old. So yeah. it's that much more entrenched in you. The person who taught you the game, if you come from Park X, you come from Brookwood, you come from Sun Youth, they're going to see you all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a, light, like a lifelong relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And that's something you just can't, you can't substitute for anything. I mean, I think in a perfect world, you know, if you look at just the best high school system, we'll say anywhere, is the U.S. high school. They don't play games on weekends. They play games during the week because that's when you go to school. You play yeah. games during the week. So leave the weekends alone for Seville. Uh, true, and, 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 you know, and if you really want to do best by kids, well, you pick up the phone. You say, you know what? Kenny didn't show up for class today. I didn't let him into practice. I don't think you should let him into practice. And all NBL coaches want to see kids succeed. Like, you know, at Brookwood, if you're failing, you can't play, no matter who you are. Yeah. And I have an, another question. Uh, for sure, there's a, like a bunch of NCAA school who call you every day for your players. Do you help them or do you say, oh, Kenny, I think of, because of your style of play, maybe you should go to that school or that school or you leave that to them and their parents? I'll give my opinion, but I need the kid and the parents to make the decision because they have to be comfortable with their next four years. It can't be me pushing them because if I push them and tell them what I think they should, like, you know, you have to do this. And if it doesn't work, they're going to blame me. Yeah. Now I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell, I'll be honest both ways. If I, you know, like I'll give Virginia for an example, Virginia called us and said they love Lugans. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, but we knew Virginia maybe wasn't a great fit for the kid. And we were honest with him and we were honest with them. And you know, at the end they appreciated it. Uh, you know, they came to watch us and they're like, you know what? You were right about Lou. We love Noah Kirkwood. Uh, and then that's what it was. Like, it's about finding the best fit so the kids have the best careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have to choose. Now, you know, some kids aren't as fortunate as others. You know, maybe they don't have that parental influence or their parents don't know anything about basketball, so we're always there to help a little bit more. But again, we're not going to dictate where our kids go. My job is, college coach calls me, says, I love Kenny Jean-Louis, I love Seth. Well, then, you know what? Here's their number. Let me know how the conversation goes. After they talk to you, I'm going to call you and say, hey, what did you think? Do you like it? Did you do your homework? Did you see how long the coach's contract is? Who the assistants are? Who they're recruiting? And I'm going to force you to do your homework so you know going in what to expect. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, another question. Uh, um, can you name me five players that you coach during the summer that you would say they had a great, a great impact in your, your program? Like um, – Yeah, in the AU. Like five player that maybe or maybe spot, or, 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 or maybe you were surprised that maybe oh uh Kenny Fretchery, I didn't expect that from him, but he killed all summer or that player or that uh, player. So I'll go with five kids that I think brought Brooklyn Lee to where they yeah. are and I'll give you like okay. two surprises. How about that? <laughs> okay. So five kids that kind of laid the foundation to where Brooklyn Lee is. Number one, I and I don't know if you guys remember him, but Steve Alexandre played for Paget way back when uh, Jack Lee's his little brother. This kid, tough as nails, what a point guard. Um, so, and that was like my first kid that I thought was like super special, surprised me. Uh, that's one. Then I would say after that, 
um, like more around like, you know, the, your, your generation, Kenny and stuff. So I'm going to say Ernst. Mm, Ernst yeah. played for me the summer that I brought Broke Really back and I had Kem and I had Kazadi and man, we were a bunch of 15 year olds playing 17U. And the only reason I went 17U is because Ernst needed someone to play. And uh, that's where he got his New Mexico State look. The coach drove to some random gym, had to move a cow off the road to get to the <laughs> And Ernst just led these young kids, you know, made, made them competitive. And the New Mexico State coach was like, look, I'll take them right now. Let's get it done. And uh, so Ernst, that's, that's you know, two. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Fred Cherie, that summer I had him. Not only on the basketball court, but just like, you know, he made sure kids went to bed. Uh, woke up on time you know I was always like you know you better be at the van before me and like I would hear Kenny yelling at kids getting him to the van before I got there um, so that's three um, then you know like our first couple years with with Adidas uh, I'm gonna split it in between Rich and Cash um, Richardson Mike mm -hmm. and Kashim now Kashim is one of my biggest surprises so yeah, yeah he showed up I was like look you're a good kid you're a good player I don't think you're at that level, but like play with me this summer and the next summer you'll be ready. Shit. He was really good there. His first summer was <laughs> hit some big shots. Uh, you know, when we lost, that was a tough group to lose with because we just came so close together. Uh, so those two, and then, you know, I got to go with like, uh, with Lou and Noah Kirkwood. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. those last two were like pillars for our program and like both on and off the court, like Lou grew a lot. Uh, Noah was always this like you know brilliant student and you know like when you don't have to like we know how it is you know like mm -hmm. we knew that Lou and Noah were being recruited by everybody and at one point did they ever ever say like you know I'm thinking of this it was like Brooklyn Elite, Joey and Nelson without a doubt and, and you know we'll ride with them the whole way and mm -hmm. those guys and there's a bunch of others and I apologize if I left mm -hmm. names out but mm -hmm. when I look back they had big, big impacts. Mm -hmm. who's, who's next uh, coming up? And maybe you, 13, 14, who's, who's coming up? <laughs> Man, we got a lot of kids. Like, we're just so fortunate. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you got to start with the size, right? Like, we got the kid, Olivier Ryu, who's like seven foot three. He's 14 years old. He's coordinated. He's getting there. Uh, he has the wow factor. We got this kid named Khalil, who's a little point guard, who's like, you know, great player. It's gonna be really good, uh, man. Like I'll watch highlights and I'm like, these kids are so much further advanced. Like, you yeah. know, like, our U15 group, like we've got four maybe Division One point guards on that team. Uh, it's just we're we're so fortunate uh, with all the talent that we have. So I can't give you some exact names just because there's so mm -hmm. many. I I think I would insult some, mm -hmm. but it's just there's so many talented okay. young kids that are hungry. If I tell you in five years, okay, in five years, so to, uh, 2025, how many kids who went through Brooklyn Elite is going to be in the NBA? Ooh. What would you? <laughs> I'm going to say five years. I'm going to say five. Five? Five more. Five. Oh, so what? Okay. I'm, I'm going to go out there okay. and I'm going to say, I'm gonna say yeah. right now, I think we've got a couple kids that are going in the NCAA right now in mm -hmm. the fall. They've got chances. We've got three kids going in. Yeah. That, well, Keyshawn's already there. He redshirted. I think he's got a chance. Uh, and I don't throw around NBA, NBA okay, okay. loosely, but I just think the three kids that we have going in have real chances. So that's three right there. Even if we go one for three, 
I still yeah. got four more years yeah, four to practice four more. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic. And now, this year, because of everything that's happening, there's no more Brookwood Elite, right? Yes, uh, what's going on? Like, what, how what's do you, going on? Man, you, co- COVID yeah. shut the elite Adidas League down. Uh, the NCAA is going to put some live periods in in August and one in September. I don't know if we'll be able to cross the border or not. We're going to get our kids together, though, because Adidas was still nice enough to send us our gear. So we're going to give the kids our gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get together a little bit. You know, we've done a lot of, like um, – social activities for our kids and gave away shoes and all that stuff mm-hmm. we're going to do some things in terms of educate our kids just about you know i mean you know with everything that's going on we're going to teach them their rights if they're ever yeah. pulled mm-hmm. over by the police mm-hmm. uh, we're going to use this summer to better our kids not only basketball wise but as people and educate yeah. them and you know just because basketball stopped there's another side to basketball and we want to make sure that our kids are you know safe and protected and well informed so Nelson and I talked about it and we're going to use this summer to really, mm-hmm. you know, improve our kids off the court and help mm-hmm. them, you know, dry land and whatever we can get back in the court. But also with everything that's happening, if a kid that was their last summer to, to play, I guess, with you guys and maybe he doesn't have like any scholarship, would you, I guess, make some call to a coach oh, yeah. or like what, what would you, I guess, do to help them since they cannot play? Yeah, like, I mean, what ends up happening is like, you know, uh, a CGIP coach might send out game tape. And then that coach is going to text me and ask me the the truth because I'll never like, you know, all college coaches, if you ask them anything that know me, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell them a kid is better than he is. I'm not going to tell them a kid's worse than he is. Mm -hmm. So when they don't know the kid, they're going to ask me. So we're like, we have like maybe three kids that are graduating this year that are getting robbed of their summer. So Mm -hmm. my work hasn't stopped. I'm going to call college coaches. I'm going to send them the huddle highlights. Uh, put it on our social media. I'm going to follow up. I'm going to make sure when they're allowed to come out in the fall that they're there. And maybe, you know, things get a little better and we can go to the live period in August or in September and get them a little bit of, uh, you know, exposure. I mean, Brook Relief's lucky, man. We play in games. You know, I remember when you played Kenny, if we had 10 coaches in the stands, we're like, yeah, 10. Man, if I have 10 coaches in the stands now, I'm pissed. Like, you know, like we're used to seeing 30, 40, 50, 60, 100. NCAA coaches watching every single one of our games. So, set set play play uh, the game that you always always play. Like the, three, if three you can come up with three. Okay, so this is called start bench cut. Cut. Yeah, you got to start one. You got to bench one. You got to cut one. Cool. Um, okay, so th- this one is I guess one one of them is teaming up with Nelson. Okay. Yeah, so that's one of them, and Crean, which you guys did, you guys did. <laughs> um, the other one is having up having an opportunity to coach uh, Ken Birch which is obviously, you know, Orlando Magic. And the, the last one, and I would say, is being able to, oh, yeah, being, um, I guess, the commissioner of the NBL. So yeah. you got to start one, bench one, cut one. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm going to cut Nelson because he's going to know. He's going to know. He's not going to take it personally. And if I don't cut him, he's like, Joey, why didn't you just cut him? You know, just cut me. It's okay. So I'm going to cut Nelson. Uh, I'm going to bench Cam, and I'm going to start. Uh, the NBL, like I, you know, I the NBL was given to me by uh, a lady that I knew since I've been six years old, mm-hmm. and uh, I run it out of love. So okay, okay. Wow. and me, my game is your top five player that you coach ever. But you probably said it when you, I guess, because well, I also the did, same? I also was fortunate enough to do um, Adidas Nations for Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know I had like Nikhil Alexander Walker, oh, okay, Dylan okay, Brooks, okay. and. So I got like Brooklyn Elite, or I got like other kids I got to coach. Okay, okay, Brooklyn Elite, just just Brooklyn Elite, just, just, just Brooklyn Elite. 
Okay, so top five. I'm going to go with... By uh, position, by position. Okay, by position. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to go my starting point guard is going to have to be Kenny. Uh, Kenny Fred. Uh, my starting shooting guard, I'm going to go with... Um, I'll come back to the shooting guard. Let's go, let's go uh, a small forward. I'm going to go with, well, shooting guard, I'm going to go with Lugans. There's no doubt about that. So let's do that. Small forward, I'm going to go Noah Kirkwood. Uh, power forward or the four man. Uh, I'm going to go with Big Joe. Yeah. Big Joe? Yeah. Big Joe. Man, it's crime. It's crime. It's crime. go. When he was yeah. he was focused. <laughs> Yeah. He was a, a little less bouncy version of Lugans. Um, yeah. And my five men, you know, I'm going to throw it out there, you know, in between. Uh, I'm going to put three names out there. I know it's not part of the game, but I'm going to go um, Schneider as the five or Noah Dye with the five or Anthony Longpray at the five. Okay. You All forgot three. Kim. You've got a Kim Burge. Yeah, but he was 15. Oh, okay. okay. I, yeah. <laughs> He was 15. We we're playing 17 years. Like, yeah. like 50 pounds. So, um, oh, yeah. Okay. 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 So, well, listen, Joey. I appreciate your time on here. You know, you, like I said it before, man. You've 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 done so much for Quebec basketball. You know, and there's not it, there's no way we could thank you enough for I guess starting the AAU for Brooklyn Elite to what it is now. A lot of kids are playing in it now. They don't know how the struggle was back then to, to bring it to where it was now. And it's all because of you. And we appreciate, you know, for what you've done for the game. And for, like I said, Quebec basketball, not only, like I even, I'm not going to, even for the girls' side a bit, because even the girls, like a lot of friends, like I've made a lot of friendships through playing summer basketball, you know, with a lot of, you know, playing against some of the girls at, like other places. And that's all because I had the opportunity to stay competitive and stay, you know, stay informed. So I, Greatly appreciate that from you. Thank you, guys. I love the platform, so keep mm. going. Like, you know, Merci. Merci encore d'avoir accepté l'interview. I remember I was in your car and we drove, like, I think 24 hours to uh, Orlando. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't take a break, right, Kenny? I do no. the whole time. Go. <laughs> so, so, so thank you very much uh, d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Puis je sais qu'il y a beaucoup de personnes qui vont apprendre de cette interview-là. So, merci encore. Appreciate it, guys. Stay right. safe and see yeah, you guys yeah. in the gym at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah. And to our listeners listening, don't forget to subscribe once again. Again, I'm Seth Moa, a.k.a. Essay. I'm Kenny, a.k.a. KJL. And stay tuned for, for our next episode.